0: Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, former Senator Al Franken, Bill O'Reilly, Matt Lauer. These are just a few of the men forced from high-profile positions in the wake of the Me Too movement. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Salah's Corner with your host, Salah Muhammad. This week, I wanted to dive into this sensitive topic. We've all heard the stories of powerful men using their position to take advantage of women. But what about the not-so-powerful men? What are the stories and experiences of women who endure this behavior from co-workers, customers, or even friends? Beyond what is being portrayed in the media, there's a story not being told. It's one of women who face the everyday harassment of so-called locker room banter from being surrounded by a culture of men who have dictated how women should be treated and how they should respond to such treatment. So today... We welcome back to the podcast, Paige Wilson. You may remember her from our previous episode on culture appropriation or appreciation. Paige is creator and owner of the Milk Files, that's mother I'd like to follow, Files. She's also a producer at My New Philly. Welcome back, Paige.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: So I feel like every woman has a story about sexual harassment, even, um, or assault uh, that they've endured in the workplace. Can you speak to, you know, just a you know what you may have experienced and what your dynamic is when it comes to um, you know the behaviors that women face daily especially in the workplace
1: so i've been fortunate enough to not have to not have actually been like sexually assaulted or have um, sexually harassed but i've definitely have like stopped it like at least before it could even go there um it can get wild sometimes.
0: What are what are some of the like behaviors you've had to, you know, basically stop and what are some of the like behaviors that are you know, even if it doesn't come to the full I, I feel like there's a there's a difference between full on obviously sexual assault
1: mm.
0: and sexual harassment. And then kind of the the random things that are mentioned and said under the breath or really quickly that kind of you you just you you put up with on a regular basis. Can you, can you speak to that?
1: Oh yeah. Um, I've had, uh, one person come to me multiple times and say, uh, can, can you have my babies? Can you have my babies? And it's like, wait, what? Someone yeah. actually asked
0: you to have their baby.
1: Yeah. And, um, uh, I'm like, look, um, you can't keep saying that. Wow. Uh, one person said, um, so like, if you want to go to this, um, game, you won't have to, you know, y'all mean, and I'm like, that's Harvey Weinstein levels. You don't want to lose your business, sir. Jeez. And he was like, Oh, y'all, you know, I was joking. I was joking. You right. You right. Yeah, like we gonna put we gonna put stops to this. It doesn't make it right, but at the same time, like it's sad, but it's something that women just have to deal with on a day in and day out basis. And you know, it's it's I, I'm a person who's gonna put a stop to it.
0: I it, that's wow the whole <laughs> i'm gonna ask you to have my baby i'm laughing because it's like absurd and like i i just i've never thought of that as being a question that you would ask someone that you just randomly are walking next to just have my baby
1: yeah um, but that's it's weird somebody that's that so I, weird it's somebody that i see on a regular basis so it's like i have to constantly say no like wow. you really gotta chill you gotta read the signs when when you're getting shot down,
0: so I, I feel like there's so many different ways to engage in this topic. Um, like sometimes I'm not even sure where to begin. Um, you you have multiple men um, accused of either a sexual harassment or assault, but I feel like there's two like two tracks when it comes to like the quote unquote Me Too movement. Uh, you have what happens in the public eye, so celebrities, uh, news reporters, politicians, people of uh, of a certain financial uh, status that uh you know are somewhat held accountable and then you have private sector workers you have uh you know people that are working in hotels and retail and um in a corporate setting that you know who who don't benefit from having a high platform to sway public opinion in in their favor Um, particularly the women Uh, do you feel like the me too movement has trickled down into the workforce allowing more women in these low-level positions to speak out on inappropriate behavior they endure
1: yes like i really felt like that movement gave voice to the women who felt like they couldn't speak out even if it is you know just working your receptionist at a law firm and one of the lawyers keep coming by, biting his lip and licking his lips at you or tries to touch you inappropriate. it gave women the courage to do that because some women feel powerless. And, like, I don't understand how, but some women really do feel like they can't say anything, like nobody will believe them. And it's sad when we're in such a day where people still feel that way. And, like, I was so happy to see that this movement was able to get so many situations rectified.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's, you know, when you have someone of a certain financial status that starts to fall from grace uh, because of certain behavior, there's there's ripple effects. I'm just concerned that it's not—the ripple effects are much lighter by the time they trickle down to— some of these low-level paying jobs, you know, a, a housekeeper, for example, a, a waitress, um, you know, do they have that same ability to speak to kind of the harassment they, they endure? I don't know if I'm sold on, on, on their ability to do so given this Me Too movement? I think there's still work to be done. Your thoughts?
1: There's definitely still work to be done. The difference between the waitress um, and maybe like the busboy that keeps slapping her butt and um, Harvey Weinstein and all these actresses, these women have money. All these actresses have money to hire these high-powered attorneys to take him down. The waitress and the busboy, maybe not. Right. So... Like there is so there's still so much work to be done. But the fact that this waitress now can still speak out. There's hope, I guess. Yes, there's hope. There's definitely hope. But, you know, you have to you kind of have to find those right lawyers and you have to definitely do it at that right time.
0: So with that, there's another debate um, over whether some, you know, actions or, you know, quote unquote accountability it goes too far. Um, Should Harvey Weinstein of the world be treated like Al Franken? You know, for those who don't know, Al Franken was forced to resign from the U.S. Senate as he posed in a picture pretending to grab the breast of a female counterpart uh, while she was sleeping i think that's a valid argument i don't know how to have that conversation um of what constitutes being fired what constitutes being given a reprimand does everyone get treated you know because they may have said something inappropriate that they are the next you know matt lowers of the world and and propositioning people for sex because they said something inappropriate where's that line um to be drawn and how 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 does it go about
1: The line, I feel like the line's different with everybody because everybody's comfortable with different things. The Harvey Weinsteins of the world need the book thrown at them. Right. He did some trashy shit.
0: Yeah, he was a pretty disgusting dude.
1: He did some terrible shit. Um, The Al Frankens. um, Honestly, yeah, get fired. Make an example of that ass because it's, it's still not cute. Right, You're where i am no longer for the boys will be boys and that is that that falls into that category like oh the boys will be boys he's just taking a picture then you're giving that notion that it's okay for the next little boy to do it no it's called respect respect women
0: so does it make a difference because the person has a particular platform and how they are held accountable to someone that doesn't have that platform and how they're held accountable
1: i feel like everybody should be held accountable Um, But in what ways,
0: you know, how extreme should you go based off of
1: my thing is, if you are if you are being accused of sexual assault, sexual assault, sexual harassment and you are Harvey Weinstein versus, you know, Joe Schmo that works at the Holiday Inn and who's being accused of sexual harassment you need to both be tried and treated the same way Mm. because you both violated somebody's basic rights.
0: I feel like with men, they start to veer back and they start to say, you know, the the Me Too movement has gone too far. Uh, The Me Too movement is just, you know, is kind of ridiculous and taking advantage of people. Do you feel like that is what's really happening um, within the Me Too movement? That it's, you know, quote unquote, going too far?
1: I don't think it's gone too far. Like I said before, it's it's giving voice to people who felt like they didn't have a voice. If you feel like it's going too far, then that's just, I feel like that's your opinion. Don't put yourself in a predicament where you feel like you about, you about to catch a case or something. Like, don't think twice before you go and touch that girl's butt. Think twice before you make a dirty joke to a woman. Like... That's that's my opinion, and I guess that's why people think it's going too far, because they feel like they have to be PC all the time. Then be PC. Like, think twice, because now we have a voice. You What, you scared because we got a voice now? You mad? Because you can't make that dirty joke? You can't slap that girl on her butt? Or you can't sit and pretend to grab her boob?
0: I think you speak to that important part of that, you know, PC being too politically correct. I think a lot of men have gravitated toward that line of argument um, because you know they feel uh, either under attack or uh the pressure is on them you know you know i've i've heard your response how do you how do you get more men on your line of thinking and in agreements with saying that the this me too movement is something of importance it's something of that we need to support our our counterparts in.
1: listen to women listen to what is being heard by another man to a woman stick up for the woman if you see or if you hear your homeboy saying oh yeah like yeah yeah it's looking real nice in them pants and you see her face get real uncomfortable be like yo bro don't don't say that like mm. leave her alone. Mm. like just listen look at the signs and i feel like a lot of men miss those signs
0: i think i i you know i think it's safe to say that you know to some degree all men and i can even i can honestly say even to myself i've are somewhat of a culprit when it comes to the the type of culture that's a that's created around how women are talked to and how you interact with women sometimes it's just a look sometimes it's a snide comment sometimes it's um you know just a way you talk about women amongst your your guy friends essentially what you're saying is you know men need to do a better job of calling other men out
1: yeah definitely because um Women can't always just hold all these men accountable. Hold get your homeboy, tell him stop talking about that girl. If you see your homeboy giving a um and his female friend a couple too many shots, be like, Hey, <laughs> chill. <laughs> chill.
0: I think that speaks to a larger question of, you know, getting more men on your side so that there's more leverage in this fight of the Me Too movement.
1: I just wanna say no means no that's it like don't sit here and think that you can keep going like no means no and it it may not mean you know the end of the road it may not mean you might not get the draws just no at this time no I mean, at
0: this time man <laughs> take it as no at this time
1: <laughs> if you find yourself in the predicament again and she says yes just go with it
0: <laughs> no still means no but at <laughs> this time that is a negative sir thank you Paige
2: you're welcome
0: I wanted to get another perspective on the Me Too movement, um, this time from a man's take. Uh, particularly a young man out of Westchester University, he's a senior and hosts on radio show. We sat down and discussed not just what it's like to be a man on a comp- college campus in the wake of the Me Too movement, but also how do men respond and what role do we play in affecting change in this culture. All right, so I sat down with uh, Dion Pittman. He's a young man uh, attending Westchester University. He hosts his own radio show out of the university as well. Mm-hmm. Media mogul, jack of all trades. <laughs> What's like going that. on, Dion?
2: What's up, man? How are you? So,
0: before we dive into this other topic, um, t- just tell us a little bit about your platform and like what you focus on on your your own little radio show.
2: Um. So yeah, uh, I'm a senior at Westchester, like you said um i have a little radio show um it's a variety show uh, with my co-host well my two co-hosts um you talk about all things pop culture yeah um and you know a lot of things is going on in our society um but through the lens of like pop culture and and kind of resonated through you know people my age and you know college kids and stuff like that Um,
0: what uh what drove you to start doing this um this radio show out of the university
2: um i mean when i came in freshman year i just i don't know i just whatever seemed interesting i was just like let me do it like let me do it yeah um so the first i've been on my radio station since my freshman year but i didn't take it as serious uh so probably like a year or two passed, and and me and my homie um he's like yo like let's make this a thing um so we started legitimizing it and bringing people up and kind of building our establishing our own uh, uh platform on the radio show um, and then from there, it started getting campus recognition, um, and a lot of people started rocking with it. So, Does the
0: campus sponsor uh radio show? Do like, they help support what the, yeah. I guess your agenda and what you're putting forward?
2: Well, kind of. Um, so the, the radio station itself is an org on campus. Okay. Um, so there are probably about 50 of us, and yeah, 50, give or take, um, and everyone has their own block. Gotcha. Um, so everyone has their own show, sports show, whatever you want to talk about. But mine, personally, I figured why not talk about, you know, something that actually matters. Um, so that's where I was at with mine. So we legitimized that and, and, and then started honing in on our focus and, and what we wanted to uh, portray through our show. And we have been getting recognition from, like, the, the faculty. Um Ooh. The dude that runs the radio station, he's been showing us love. Uh, but you get your own independence over your yeah, content. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we Free reign of our content. Um, it is on a college campus, and it is through the university, so we got to be mindful of that. A um, little bit of censorship. A little bit, <laughs> but uh, uh, I like the lack of censorship on our show. Cool. Um, yeah, so I, I like it.
0: Um, like what?
2: You know, for for
0: the person that's you know that doesn't attend Westchester, like how can how can somebody pick up what what's going on on your on your radio show? What what's the takeaway that you want people to receive as well?
2: Um, well, you can listen in, listen to it um, on ninety one seven um, FM if you're in the Westchester area. So like any surrounding areas like KOP yeah. and down in town stuff like that. Um, or if not, you can go on wcur dot org and live stream it. Um, okay. So that's really easy. That's what a lot of people do: just pick up their phone and we just hop on the website. Um, the biggest takeaway, um, I think, a, a lot of what we push is like social unity and and um, the things that can bring us together and kind of weed out the divisiveness and stuff like that. Um, so we we hit on a lot of stuff relating back to culture um, and, and specifically multi multicultural um, uh, aspects and 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 Black people, uh, obviously. Black, I, I
0: think so. there's a I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about the lack of black presence yeah. in like news media, mm-hmm. like actual news media. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I watch I can turn on BT almost any hour of the day. And I either got a movie like Baby Boy <laughs> or, <laughs> or like something along those lines. <laughs> Not to say that those forms are bad, but like there's just a lack of kind of yeah. the content that you're putting out there. Yeah. Which, which, what's 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 up with that?
2: I don't know. I, I I think I think what I'm starting to see now is culture is being, and we kind of had this conversation at work. Culture yeah. is being pushed back at the forefront. Um, so so a lot of people who understand culture. Um, and and I probably said culture like 15 times since I've been on here, but that's like a <laughs> that's a big thing, a big thing. Um, you know, because how how culture kind of defines our society, and we create culture through the culture that you know we have established. So. You know, we, we see stuff like Baby Boy and people that watch BET. Like, that's how we go about our lives. And don't
0: you know, get me wrong. Through that creative content. I'm not trying to knock Baby Boy. No, it's a great movie. But but, but like, I mean, yeah. I don't need to see it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah. there should be just a little bit of diverse content. Like, we exactly. all don't have that same mindset. Exactly. Of, like, we need to see Baby Boy. Like, I like to be a little ratchet every now and then. Yeah. But I also like to get a little bit of culture yeah. and information and news. But they
2: did have, I even watched stuff like, um, um, around the, the, uh, uh, primaries, yeah, they had a they did a, do that a special with Angela yeah. Rye and I thought that was dope because I don't really see stuff like that, um, especially not on B T. I feel feel like B T. has been a lot like commercialized, right? Um, so I didn't really like it through that aspect. Um, but going back to what you said about media, um, yeah, I look at people like Angela Rye and you know all the big names. Um, but even that, I try to hold them accountable because right. it's like, yo, that you're our representation. Yeah, so understanding myself, and I'm kind of getting into that space. Um, I try to be mindful of uh, um, who I'm representing and the stuff that I say um, and and, and the manner that I present, you know, my content in, Um, because you got to be mindful of that stuff because somebody that doesn't understand can take a little glimpse and and run with it. Um, So yeah, I'm trying to yeah, so you
0: you mentioned like you said you mentioned culture a couple times. Let's talk about culture on a college campus, yeah. particularly the Me Too movement. Yeah. You know, so I talked to um, we had Paige uh, Wilson on a little earlier, and we talked about the effects of the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. and is it really trickling down into like into college campuses, <sighs> into you know your your everyday workforce, not at the celebrity status. You All know, right. I think there's a there's been a big and much needed push mm-hmm. to representation of what's happening to women in all different circles and the presence of men, which is all like a whole, that's all, that's a, that's yeah. a whole other another episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, is it like, do you, it, how is the Me Too movement taken on like from your experience on a college campus with like your, mm-hmm. your male friends, yourself and yeah. like, how do, how do, uh, I yeah, guess you can't see talk about how women feel, but I guess just well, from, I mean, from, from I can, I can kind of, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but even from, I feel like anything with a hashtag, it gets a, a, a different type of different type of view. Yeah. So whenever you throw like a hashtag out, you know, it it, it becomes uh, a lot of people pay attention to it, but I don't think all the time it resonates mm. because it becomes like a. Viral thing, right? Um, commercialized, commercialized, like like we just said. Um, so a lot of people are paying attention to it. And Those conversations are happening, um, but it's just hard, and, and it's hard to see how far that really goes, and especially in real life settings. Mm-hmm. Um, so Westchester is popular for their bars and you know the nightlife and stuff like that. Um, so I've gone out a couple times last semester, and I actually have been paying attention to you know how people are conducting themselves and stuff like that um and it was this one moment when i was at the bar and i was leaving out and this one guy was like he was like smacked he's leaving out with some girl and like you could tell like he's excited and i like just kind of being comical about it but like you know being serious because i like you know i just i just have fun right um but in a comical way but i was kind of like serious i kind of like tugged his arm before he left out the door i'm like hey consent first mm. And like a hug was like yo Thank you, man. You know, I always like, and I'm always going to drunk and spew, drunk and spew. Right. Right. But like, honestly, I don't know if I if like and I'm not saying I was the hero for the night, but I don't know. You know, that could have went any way if I didn't put that in his ear. So uh, I feel like these conversations are happening. But but at the, you know, the real life level. How how far is that stuff really translated?
0: Have you had any of these conversations with not even not in that type of quick blurb setting? Because I think those are important, you know, calling it out yeah. when you see it before it goes out of control. Right. But like also just having those conversations through everyday life. Do you have you had any of those conversations with like your peers and even coworkers or friends
2: at uh, the university? Yeah. Um. So the thing I like about college is for the most part, a lot of people are, and I'm not saying that other people don't outside of college, but in college it's, you get a lot of people that think critically and, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier to have these conversations. It fosters the environment for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's easier to have these conversations with my parents because, you know, they, they we're exposed to things like that on campus. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I I talk to people. I've had those conversations even on my radio show. Um, And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's very apparent now, like, professors are bringing it up in class mm-hmm. so the conversations are being held which is always a good thing um but,
1: but that's but yeah yeah a big but that, that stuff
2: can be mass translate which when it when you know in real life settings in real life situations you know anything can happen at any given moment right um so yeah i have these conversations and i try to push these agendas and and um especially from a male perspective but like i said it's hard and, and there's no way to really track that stuff, in my opinion, especially on a college campus. There's so much happening, you know, any given time. Um, but I do think females, especially now that they have this hashtag to stick by, they have something to reference it to. Mm. Um, it kind of legitimizes the, the the conversation. But yeah,
0: do you? I I feel like ever since the hashtag Me Too movement came out, and rightfully so, a lot of women have been leading the conversation. Mm-hmm but i think there's a lack of like presence within men because you know you kind of hinted on it a little bit where you you know you talked to you pulled on a young man's you know sleeve like you know consent first like are we having as men are we having enough of those conversations within our own circles like yo like that's a little too far like that comment Mm -hmm. like is a little too far or you know maybe because i i know for me personally like i i know for a fact i've gone overboard in different yeah. comments and things said yeah. like that and and we know we're not our own little circles but it's it's about having those uncomfortable conversations with each other like do you think that that is happening i, I know i know it's not happening enough but do you think that it is rising up a little bit more
2: well yeah i mean with with, with social media and stuff everything is getting you know it's not saturated but everything's getting overly exposed and you know more and more conversations are being put out there um, so that pushed push to the forefront um, but even that there are a lot of conversations to be had right like there are a lot of things that go into sexual assault you know just how we champion sex as a society yeah and, you know what i mean so there are a lot of conversations that need to be held especially from a young age like um i was watching this little stuff like i was watching this video on twitter and i don't know somebody's mom was like twerking on some like eight-year-old like yeah, that, stuff, seen that you think get what i, I mean it's yeah. like little stuff like that of course no one commercializing sex and and normalizing it exactly so it's things like that that kind of um that kind of factor into when we're talking about sexual something like Mm. that so there are a lot of conversations that need to be held but again like i said it's it's, it's hard it's hard i think there's so many layers that we have to pull back and i think when and this is my problem with not a problem but my you know i I just feel a little weary about hashtags and stuff like that because it's it's kind of framing it through one perspective and and it kind of weeds out, you know, certain conversations that can be had. So I think from that perspective, it it, it gets tricky.
0: So yeah, I, I, and I get the understanding of being wary of like certain hashtags and like catchphrases that become like a Black
2: Lives and, Matter. Like people have their own, you know, opinions on Black Lives Matter and the hashtagging, and, and you know what I mean. So it, I feel like when you hashtag things, it just it just makes it not too mainstream, but you always have that component.
0: So what in your eyes and your perspective, what's the balance of that? Like how um, do you how do you attack a a problem like this? Mainstream, you know, yeah. And it, then and and make it like mainstream, mm-hmm. but I guess so that it, it captures a wide audience and attention, yeah. but also not commercialize
2: it. Yeah, yeah. And I hope I'm not I'm not trying to bash the me too much. Oh no, not at like all. That. I don't think so. Because um, I definitely appreciate it and I definitely think it's needed. Um, but media just gets, it gets really tricky, but I don't know. I just think we need to have more intimate conversations and, right. and not make, and we're not speaking to each other on a humane level, right. on an intimate level right. and everything is, you know, for glitz and glam and you know what I mean? So I think any, we can do that on a, a global level, on a mainstream level and be intimate with each other mm-hmm. and and have these real life conversations without all the, you know, theatrics and stuff like that. So I think that's really what it comes down to, um, more exposure. I mean, obviously, this stuff is really vague. Um, you know, try to be open-minded and, and just understand, you know. But that's that's life in general. So yeah. that's not even, you know, speaking with ju- just this um, cause. But but yeah, and then I think, yeah, I, I think male representation is definitely needed. Like I've been hearing about the, the Terry Crews situation. Yeah, so
0: I, I I'm glad you brought that up because I was uh, posting about it on Instagram yeah. and it was it was kind of wild because him yeah. and uh, DL Hughley had a yeah little bit of back and forth. we were like really going at all right it. all right so let's let's give context <laughs> all right so Terry C- Cruz talked about a, a situation I think it was his agent um, mm-hmm. who touched him inappropriately yeah. um, a guy and Dio Hughley made light of the situation and said that, you know, God, basically God gave you all these muscles, like, you should have whooped his ass. Now,
2: oh, We can curse, I forgot. Oh
0: yeah, we can curse. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Tara Cruz, you know, responded on Twitter, basically like, you know, is that how you respond to negativity? And, you know, Dio Hughley responded, I'm doing this all off the cuff, because I'm trying to do this platform more like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, D.L. Higley responded like God gave you muscles to to use it, so slap the shit out of him. Right. And Terry Crews responded like, maybe "Okay, I should maybe slap a- a- I should <laughs> slap the shit out of you," <laughs> which is uh, yeah. I think that's a legitimate response. I yeah. mean, you know, you gotta you talking about dealing. He challenged him on how he deal with a toxic person. Right. You know, it's toxic to to assume that you know you you it's your responsibility to yeah. fight back when someone is attacking you mm-hmm. you know the responsibility is on the person that's attacking not
2: the defenseless yeah, person and that's crazy because even when you like i just thought that story was crazy because somebody like this is terry cruz like what yeah the fact that he was in a vulnerable position that's like anyone right. can be victim to that so it's just something that it's a it's a real thing and that, that conversation is just it just gets like I don't know, it just gets so like watered down, I think people
0: always assume what well i i this is two sided actually. People assume what they would do in a particular situation yeah. and you know assume that you should act or respond in a particular way when you don't understand the circumstances, the exactly. nuances the the vulnerability right. that's placed on you um the baggage that you already had carrying into that situation. Mm-hmm. But then there is the other side of it that really didn't get talked about too too much is the comedian side of it. Yeah. Like comedian I I've been going on this rant for a few weeks now <laughs> that like comedians <laughs> think that they can say whatever the fuck they want. And it's it's but it has been like And it's and it's always been like that, but that doesn't mean it has to stay like that. And yeah. I think that that people miss like they you know they they always say, "Oh, well, if you want to be treated like everyone else then you need to be made fun of." Like that's just that's a stupid statement oh, yeah. number 1 number 2 as a comedian you know you uh, the other argument is is well you know we're trying to laugh at uh, you know the pain of the situation yeah but that's my pain you're laughing at that's not mm-hmm. your pain you know like that's that's my pain that you're making light of make fun of your pain and your situation yeah. not my experience and my situation and i think people misunderstand that mm-hmm. disconnect and like you you can ha- you can tell all the jokes you want about the pain and struggles that and the things have. that you endure right right but leave me alone unless I mm-hmm. give you access to that information, unless I live, as mm-hmm. unless I give you the right to, mm-hmm. to to make those, I'll make those comments. Yeah, I mean, well, that's
2: even outsider comedy. Like, I feel like a lot of people try to speak on behalf of other people' experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's again, like, that's tricky. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, comedians, and then you got the the Kevin Hart backlash and stuff yeah. like that. We did that on the previous episode. Yeah. So it's. It's tough, um, because I feel like they do have a, a, a unique position to storytell in a way that does resonate a little right. differently. Um, but like you said, speaking on your own experience and you can't speak on somebody else. So right. I, I do think that's crucial.
0: You know, I I think as a society we have to realize that at some point the things that, you know, me and you are talking mm-hmm. about today yeah. may not be okay twenty years from now. Right. But it's all about how you progress. Right. And how you move forward. Right. And yeah, as it, a as a Comedians made fun of people, you know, you could you could go to a comedy show and you would see a, a stand up comedian, you know, make fun of the entire first row and rag mm-hmm. on them and laugh. And it's funny. And then ha ha ha. But mm-hmm. like at some point, as society starts to progress, like when we realize certain types of things aren't OK, it doesn't mean you have to go back and apologize for mm-hmm. everything. But you have to realize that we have progressed as a society and yeah. it's, it's the measure of acknowledging that progression. And not trying to stick to oh well that's how things have and always been. I was been. gonna
2: say, and I think traditionalists are like, side like a <laughs> lot of things like, uh, and, and, and that's the biggest problem. And if and and those are people you have to tackle. And it's like, yeah. y- you just be open about because things are changing. Like everything is changing, and it's hard to do that when you have people, especially the people that run, you know, the biggest parts of our culture and our society and our our, our, our government and stuff like that. Those are people that stick and hold on to these old ideals. Like it's hard when you got some 16 year old out of Kentucky saying like um, it's not rape if she likes it. Yeah. Like and I'm speaking off of the the Covington Catholic. Like, You know what I mean? So it's it's hard when when you just you're growing up on these ideals. And that's what I mean. Like the conversation needs to be as raw and intimate as possible. Like there's no one saying that. Uh, the eight year old that was just getting twerked on, like that's gonna stick with him. Like oh, now, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like He's gonna, go he
0: gonna go to school and we're gonna start turking on some
2: kids. Exactly. His <laughs> teacher looked fine, and yeah. he and he's like, you know, he, he. You said we can get a little. Yeah. Get, all right. Go cool. Yeah. His teacher fine as hell, and he getting a stiffy in class. Like it's little stuff like that yeah. that gets ingrained in yeah. us, and that stuff comes out, especially when you you don't have anyone. I'm speaking specifically on behalf of, like, the black community. We don't have people talking about how to properly engage women, how to properly deal with mm-hmm. women, you know what I mean? Um, and even the sometimes the, the the moms and the women are having those proper conversations, let alone the men. Right. So I, I think everyone needs to be held accountable, um, and everyone is, just needs to listen when, you know, stuff is being presented instead of trying to put on your own, you know, opinions and stuff like that. Um, and that's why it's hard traditionalists like there's a lot of stuff changing and a lot of stuff not necessarily changing but a lot of stuff that that's being put to the forefront and being exposed because we have social media and technology and stuff like that there are a lot of things that becoming so sensitive now because yeah. we can pull up anything at any given moment and like that's not politically correct or that's not fair or that's you know that that's uh inconsiderate to someone else right so it's it's, it's hard but i think we all need to be just honest with each other and 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 hold back no punches, cause that's what that's what it's gonna take. Everyone needs to be accountable, cause everyone, like you said, everyone falls victim to it. Like right. it, th- that's just how you know things work. Like I catch myself saying stuff, and I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that.
0: I I think uh, the biggest recognition is that like society is flawed. Yes. People's humans, we're flawed people. You know, so um, we're flawed creatures. Mm-hmm. So if we approach it with that mindset. And understand that there's always opportunities for us to improve, but that we also regress and sometimes make mistakes into what we say or or what our experiences are and stuff like that. If we recognize that, it can lend to a bigger conversation Mm -hmm. instead of demonizing someone because their viewpoint is wrong or their viewpoint just doesn't make sense or you know something like that
2: oh can i share something else because you you mentioned specifically on college campuses i was at a party um around new year's um and i think one of the the, this girl in there her boyfriend had like left her at the party Uh and she was like freaking out and i'm like sitting by the step and i'm just listening to her conversation she's a little i'm assuming she's a little intoxicated um but she's like Aaron her boyfriend out. He's like why would you leave me here you know guys are gonna try to talk to me and try to harass me and stuff like that and and that kind of made me uncomfortable because yeah. it's like that's already the stigma that you know right. you know what I mean so and I and when she got off the phone I kind of I, I tried to tell her like that you you shouldn't you know I know this is a, a serious thing but not everybody's like that not every dude is like that right And it made me uncomfortable just sitting there like I felt like I had to like just get up and walk away because she was probably looking at me like that. Like yeah. I'm gonna talk to you. Like, yeah,
0: I would have been in that situation. Like now, I'm, now I gotta prove you wrong. Right, that's right. That's not that's not every right, guy. Right,
2: right. But that's what I mean. So, is when you put something out like a hashtag, it gets tricky. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. and, and then even you know, just briefly, I wanted to talk about this Chris Brown situation.
0: What's the Chris Brown situation?
2: All right, so yeah, Chris Brown recently. <laughs> so Chris Brown recently just got accused um, for sexual assault. And I think like Paris again? or something. <laughs> you said again.
0: Because Chris Brown,
2: man, you yeah. you anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's the 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 media monster. But I think for this specific case, a lot of people were on Chris Brown's side because there were no no substantial evidence. There were you know it was just allegation uh, uh, at this point. Um, and then he came out and made a statement, and, like, and a bold statement at that, and he said, this bitch is lying. Like He had a mm. t-shirt that mm. said, this bitch is lying. So again, and a lot of people were defending Chris Brown, and like uh, 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 there's a show called, um, with Joe Budden and Jenkson and Remy Ma, and Remy Ma was de- defending Chris Brown, like, I'm um, sick and tired of women coming out, making these allegations, you know, because they want no money, and then they don't get any consequence from it. Um, and, and the biggest consequence that that one female got is the fact that you know chris brown just came outside this bitch's line but that really doesn't you know that 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 really doesn't do anything and she was making a case that chris brown now has to pay lawyer fees and da da so it's it's much more stringent on his behalf than the other girl that's making the allegations who should face some consequences or you know what i mean and even that conversation is tricky you know what i mean so it, it it's just we gotta we gotta be honest with each other, like everyone needs to be accountable We just gotta be honest with each other because there's so many things happening, and we all have our different experiences and our different perspectives um so when these situations come up, you know it, it's just so much going on, especially when you see all this stuff get thrown out in the media um, but we just gotta be honest with each other, man
0: i I don't know a ton about, I don't know anything about this Chris Brown situation. This is my first time hearing about yeah. it. Um, but I think when you add his reputation into the mix, yeah. you know, it, it makes it more believable. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I think there's a number of different factors that go into this. You know, one, his reputation. Two, you know, it's it's rare, honestly, that mm-hmm. we'll accuse someone of a sexual assault and it did not think happen. It's rare? Oh, yeah that that will accuse a man of a sexual assault and it didn't happen yeah that's rare really yeah it's not it's i don't
2: wanna say it's rare and i don't wanna i don't wanna make this the the narrative because i think even that needs to get i don't think that that's uh, as serious conversation as sexual assault itself um yeah yeah i mean I think obviously f- not, but i do think that's i i i do think that happened like i've 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 seen that on i
0: i can't attest whether it happens or not, I just think I think it's rare because mm. you, from a from a victim perspective, yeah. like there's a lot that goes into whether mm. or not you're going to you're going to come forth with a particular allegation. Right. I mean, you you have a. You have to pay lawyer's fees. Does he have to, like, you know, get all this representation? Does it hurt his image? For sure. But for the person that no one knows, mm-hmm. they lose. They got potential to lose everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, there's a lot more going into it for them to lose yeah. than it is for them to gain out of that situation. And yeah. that's why I say it happens much more rare in, in when someone is accusing someone of something that, like, did not happen. Um, but, like, the other side of it is, is like, how... How we vet these types of situations is also um, a whole other topic of conversation because, you know, we're not we're not always privy to certain situations. We only see what's immediately in the public eye. You know, sometimes we don't get all of the details. Now, you know, Chris Brown comes out and his story starts changing. Then, Mm -hmm. you know, and then maybe the, the girl comes out and her story starts changing. Um, from different reports, then we we start making more judgments. But how we initially respond tends to be always favorable of the person that's near and dear to our heart, right. and not just saying, "Let's treat the situation mm-hmm. and investigate it." You mm-hmm. know, uh, and, and that that kind of goes with everything. You know, you take a look at Bill Cosby, that went with him. You take a yeah. look at Michael Jackson, going a little further back, that happened with him. You take a look at, uh, you know, now Chris Brown. I'm sure that's going to happen with him. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's going to have diehard fans mm-hmm. that's going to be like, but I love Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He he beat Rihanna. Yeah, he's got all this crazy nonsense he's got going on. He's getting locked up mm-hmm. and all kinds of crazy, crazy shit. But I love Chris Brown. Yeah. You know, R. Kelly. Oh, my God. Like, I can't believe he did all this stuff to these people. Which but, like I boggles love my mind. And it's just
2: like. Yeah, that boggles me. That, the R. Kelly thing really boggles me. How is there a butt there? Like, how I've is there been, a butt? Since I was like five, I've been hearing about yeah. R. Kelly, Damn. you know, pissing on a female. So the fact that it's that 2019. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I'm saying the fact that it's 2019 and everyone's like shocked. I'm just like, yeah. what do we like? And, and that's what I mean. Like, why? Like, can we start being honest with each other? Like, yeah. this these things have been happening. Like, and it's not, and it's nothing to be nothing to feel slighted of like we just have to all be accountable and 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 realize you know whatever way in which way we're contributing to you know these stereotypes and these stigmas and we all just got to be accountable and understand like everyone's playing a part in this thing like Mm -hmm. and because we all live in the same we're all in the same society so cool yeah i think that's a good note to end it on yeah what's your
0: what's your platform again
2: why yeah, so again, I'm Dion, call me D-Y-O dot P, that's my Instagram <laughs> handle, um, you can check me out on Instagram again, D-Y-O dot P, uh, I do a, a number of different things, and I, and I try to post as much content on Instagram, um, but specifically for the radio station, catch me every Monday night at 10 to 12 on WCUR.org, um, or 91.7 FM if you're in the area.
0: You, uh, I was... Catching it the other day, you were talking to some uh, some. I think it was um, might have been football players from yeah, Westchester. So, so, so I was the trying top, to that, top
2: football player and the top basketball player in that school
0: right now. I, that uh, that made me want to uh, talk about something else. Yeah. You know the the exposure
2: of um, yeah,
0: or I, the exploitation really of like college.
2: I'm around uh, man,
0: and uh, we we that's another topic. am around for another day, but I, I have can bring hope in here. You know, we get the reform going. No, I got one more uh, one more question for you. What's up, bro. Um, what's your most favorite thing in the world right now? Books, TV shows, movies—just like something. Favorite. Some thing. some type of platform, media, anything that's uh, that sparked your interest. Um. Hmm. I know. I always catch people on the spot with this one. All
2: right, I'm gonna give you. Can I give you two things? Yeah, go for it. Uh, that I've noticed myself watching a lot more. I mean, I've always been a, a big fan of NPR Tiny Desk and their little concerts. Um, but I feel like I've been watching that a lot more, and then uh, Stephen Colbert. I've been watching Stephen Colbert a lot yeah, more. He's funny. Yeah, and, and and just his satire and his rhetoric. Um, yeah, I, I've been I've been I've been trying to take notes and stuff like that. But I have watching Stephen Colbert and even like Trevor Noah. I've been watching that stuff a lot more. Dope, dope. So yeah.
0: Uh, just to all right. So he said NPR, and I felt like I saw a lot of people's eyes roll like oh my god it's gonna put me to sleep npr has some really good shows and podcasts that people should check out yeah like it doesn't sound the whole you don't get the whole droning on thing that, yeah. that tends to happen on like I the i they got a ton of media yeah out i didn't really notice dope.
2: what type of because I, I was never introduced to npr yeah from that i was always like when i first heard about npr it was through the tiny desk um the music concerts that they had so when i found out that they, it's actually like a a it's media. a whole media. Yeah, it's a media company, and, and 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 some of the stuff I'm looking at the you know the news and stuff like that. Um, I was like, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, NPR did all that. Oh yeah, let me just stick
0: to the music. NPR is um, pretty dope, but there yeah. is one that I have I, I catch every uh, Wednesday when I post a new episode, mm-hmm. um, a podcast. It's called Code Switch. Okay. And it's Yo, about that's crazy. um. It's basically about you know it's yeah. code switching. If you don't know what code switching is, it's it's changing you know basically who you are once other cultures comes around you know it's being being able to switch between you know i'm in a white setting Mm -hmm. i need to you know code switch and act you know like i'm in a white setting i'm in a black setting i need to code switch and i need to to adjust to Mm -hmm. this culture or in society that i'm around so it's pretty it's pretty dope yeah can i
2: say while we on that can i say shout out to you because even a little time that we've been working together yeah you you are Salah like thank you were <laughs> definitely Salah like not every every uh, every situation. So. And, I I, and I respect that because um, it's hard to do that. A lot of people fall victim to switch and stuff like that just naturally. Um, so I like when people you know stay genuine with who they are because that that reinforces the yeah the ability for me to do that myself. So I appreciate that. man. I
0: appreciate that. That's definitely a good note to end it on. Thank uh, you, Dion. Thank you. Um, when you invite me on.
2: Yo, man, you can pull up whenever, man. It's <laughs> late. That's the only hard part, Innocent Westchester. I, I um, got to pull up, man. Pull up. Cool. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Dion. Thank, Thank you.
0: All right, I want to give a big shout-out to Dion. Make sure you check out his uh, radio show at Westchester University. Um, it, it's really dope. Check out his Instagram, dyo.p. I only know that because he said it off <laughs> the top of my head. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, if you want to add your opinion, don't forget you can always email me at realtalk@salascorner.com. at Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Salas Corner. Until next time, peace, y'all.